Welcome to Traumedy, the podcast that helps you transmute your trauma with comedy. I'm your host, Nancy Norton. I'm a comedian. I am not an expert, but I have been through some stuff. Traumedy is not a replacement for trauma therapy, but it will help you get by between sessions. Trauma therapy is amazing. I have done so many forms of trauma therapy. I've done EMDR. I've done brain spotting. I've done psychedelic. And you know what? It's all good. And the best thing and the most resourceful and the most accessible thing that I have in my toolbox, as they like to say in the therapy business, what's in your toolbox? What I have in my therapy toolbox is humor, not just any kind of humor. It's therapeutic humor. Don't get stuck. If you can find something to laugh about, just anything, just a little, even around it. It's not always on the nose, sometimes just around it. Welcome to episode three with Christy Bukley. That's Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E, Bukley, B-U-C-H-E-L-E. Christy is a comedian in Denver, and she also teaches stand-up classes at Rise Comedy. Welcome to Traumedy. I'm Nance, and this is Christy Bukley. Hi, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I am so excited to be here on Traumedy. And um, on the podcast rather than living it every day. What a (laughs) nice shift. Little change. Yeah. Basically, the difference is we're sharing our pain and our wisdom of humor with everyone so that they also can not feel alone with their traumedy. I love that. I think that is um, what we're always trying to do with comedy. Well, some some people are not, but I think a lot of people are trying. Um, some people are like, I'm just trying to get a laugh. Uh, why are you, why you got to make it all like deeper? And I'm like, what? I get bored if it's not, but, um, but yeah. We so like the layers, Christy. I do. We're layer people and you're mm-hmm. a layer person. I think that, well, I was just, you know, I was just writing as we were, we meditated before this. We did. And I want to tell our listeners, because when I say isolated with your trauma, really it's isolated with your trauma. People are so isolated with trauma. They are. Because nobody wants to hear that shit. And it is hard when it's like, oh, and we're, we, often it comes up over and over and over and you're all alone with it. And we're just here to say, hey, we have it too. And, and we're comedians. Our listener may not be a comedian. They may be, you know, somebody right. who doesn't have this resource. Most of our comedy friends just do this naturally and that's... Mm-hmm. I mean, is well, I think that is actually um, maybe a um, an assumption like that's a cultural assumption, but I don't actually think that's true when you said that people don't want to hear that shit. I don't think that's necessarily true all the time. Um, I'm just saying in my experience, you you know, I've had a, sh- a shit ton of trauma mm-hmm. and I haven't found too many people that are like, hey, come over and tell me all about it. <laughs> Every day, because it comes up, I mean, especially certain trauma that's very uh, hard to, to, hard to hear about, you know, sure. it's just, it's, sure. you feel disempowered. Like, I mean, really, come over and tell me about your sexual assault. Have You haven't told me about that in a while, you know, mm-hmm. or 
that time. I totally am that type of. I, <laughs> well, I I well, this might be because we both have ADHD as well. Um, this is a little bit. I tried to write a joke about this one time. Talk, speaking of traumaty, is that I am like I can't do small talk. Like I do not care how your traffic was this morning. Tell me who hurt you or get the fuck out. <laughs> and you know? that is and that is why we're friends. Mm-hmm. That is why we're friends because for us it is where we live we're willing to just be completely like we don't want to be any other way uh, yeah but if you if you hang I out can't be so but that's my good. family of origin let me just say yes. this the family I grew up with was especially my mom and this is in my act right like let's honey how are you are you good or really good <laughs> yes keep it here up okay uh-huh, you have yep. a lot of anger mm-hmm. so it's like if uh, happiness you know I'm doing a lot of recovery work right now and the three markers of dysfunctional family is don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. And so Mm. that is the model I grew up with. And so I end up feeling isolated, especially with people that are super important to me. And in my experience, even with significant others, because obviously I keep finding my mom over and over again, who does not want to hear about it. Yeah. So that's probably me projecting. Okay. So your experience is different. I think, yeah, I think that my familial experience is more like we like the parents get to feel they get to talk they get to take up all the emotional real estate that and there's not you are learned to like meet their needs and there's not a lot left for you after that so similar but different you Mm -hmm. you weren't allowed to have your feelings yeah and it's almost like when I went to go have my feelings they were like I'm bored (laughs) <laughs> wow uh, that's really how I mean I don't know sometimes that's how I feel and I know that they've done work and um to help but yeah I, it almost feels like they're just like why are you I'm why are you bothering me talk to your therapist this, this is not interesting to me yeah this is even when it's about them like your mm-hmm. feelings are about them or maybe especially then they're like no no that's not that's not my business well just because they well, my feelings are not a reality. So like, that's just a feeling. So like, it's almost like they can say, well, that's not just because you feel it doesn't mean that's how it is. So like that, it feels, it feels like that maybe a little bit. Well, I don't know. And that, and I have heard that in my, in uh, my recovery work is feelings are not facts, but feelings are important and feelings are mm-hmm. your feelings are valid well yeah and they're like your intuition they're your gut they're your community your they're your body communicating with you and your environment and your brain trying to you know like all of it so it's information for sure so you, and you have to look at it in order to like crack the code like you can't just turn it off or you can't just um silence or you can't just um keep it in a vacuum or you can or it might that and, and it'll kill you. It, it actually will turn in on you. And I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of people with autoimmune diseases. I mean, my endocrinologist, I have an autoimmune disease of my thyroid that my endocrinologist is saying, and she's saying very carefully, hey, this is mostly anecdotal evidence, but I'm seeing it over and over again where mm-hmm. I can see the trauma that caused these people, like diabetes, and caused these different endocrine, uh, you know, those are diseases of the you know, right. hormone glands, just for people who aren't into whatever medical mm-hmm. stuff. I'm just saying a, a lot of folks have th- symptoms and like you said, it may eventually kill you. So get yeah. it out, let it out. And one of the best ways that we love to transmute, of course, victim energy, for me, I call it victim energy, but what I have 
when I feel a sense of powerlessness, things that have been done to me where I felt mm-hmm. powerless in the moment, whoo, that just brings up this whole sense of victim energy. And the way I like to transmute that is comedy. Comedy. Yes. Yeah. So I, and I, I say, I, I think I honestly, and maybe this is going to get a little too spiritual up front, but I believe that humor is a God given gift. Uh, yeah, I, feel- I think that, <laughs> I think that, um, I do this all the time because I, I don't particularly find my family to be uh, funny. Like we're not like it sounds when you talk about your family, it sounds like people have a sense of humor. There is some jokes. They, you know, they can um, have a sense of humor. I don't think that uh, my immediate family, at least, is very good at that. If anybody has the gift, my grandma Shout out to Jan does have shout out to Jan. She, she can be a silly goose. Okay. She can. (laughs) Uh, and I, and, uh, she's very fun and she can do that. Okay. Um, and a lot of that I think comes from her being like very like younger than her siblings by a lot. So she's kind of an only child had to entertain herself. So I think on a farm in the middle of nowhere, I think she can like be very silly and just, um, so, but it's still not, um, and so even before I did comedy, um, I, I don't, think you had to really know me before I showed you my sense of humor um and I didn't uh that was not a skill that I even realized like I had and even now I mean it didn't even happen that long ago that I did a show and uh this girl from high school everyone's always like I didn't know you were like funny like that was never a thing that I showed people I actually think it's so intimate to show somebody what you think is funny yeah, it, it is. It says so much about well, it's you. A ri- it's a bit of a risk, mm-hmm. especially depending on your style and how you do it. And thank you for bringing up your grandma because I want to give a shout out to my grandma also. Mm-hmm. And my grandma went through some of the biggest trauma of anyone I ever knew. I mean, she witnessed her daughter, her nine-year-old daughter and her husband uh, burn alive. Oh. And I mean, she had to endure that. And you would think, how would she ever find anything light or funny again mm-hmm. but she was by far the lightest funniest person I knew and it was genuine it wasn't a put on it was an actual embodiment and I honestly feel like I do feel it comes out of necessity we're talking about post-traumatic growth do you want to hear the terrible joke that just went yes <laughs> yes I was like oh so like she saw them light up the room and then she took the lead <laughs> oh I'm sorry. Oh, she saw them light up the room and then she took the lead. Is that yeah. what you said? She was like, oh, I can do that. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, you owe my Anyways, family an apology. I think that's a good example of how our brains work. Wow. You know what's interesting about that? Like, I am really stretching to try and laugh at that. And there's a part of me that laughs at the absurdity of it. But another part of me that, like, goes back in and, like, wants to hug my grandma you're and you're totally fine you don't have to laugh at the joke I (laughs) just know that that my brain I think that that really that's how your brain works that's what I that's what we do and see Christy in your humor and your I think your your specialty is dark humor it is and that that was that's about as dark as it's gonna get today maybe I don't know yeah I don't know if I can I don't (laughs) think I can do but the point of that but you know what she's in the light now and Mm -hmm. um her her daughter that died, I feel, is like one of my spirit guides, and she's she's, she's probably, on the podcast. She's up there. She's woo, here. We invited she's her. She's like, mm-hmm. bring it, Christy. Mm-hmm. Wow, 
that you know, I love your courage, and I want to just give a shout out Thanks. to Christy's courage. I, well, I trust you that if you hate it, you'll just cut it out, <laughs> and you won't no, hate me forever. No, but I, I mean, got scared for a second. The whole yes and yes, yes and thing. I mean, and it's one of the things I've thought about on this podcast is what about people like if do we want people to this is always tricky. Is it better I make fun of myself? Like I took a risk the other day on your Facebook page with your mm. mismatched socks. And I yes. said, I know her well enough that I can say this and she'll know it's coming from pure love. But another part of me was like, is that okay? Uh, am I kind of punching down when sure. you said, I oh, can't remember what your joke was. Oh, uh, well so. I did the ABCDD. You said, you were like, oh. seriously, I'm having a lot of anxiety. I've got all these mismatched socks mm-hmm. and it did. It felt, gen- you said genuine, like you wanted yeah. genuine responses. Yeah. I, I said like, genuine or joke responses. Okay. Cause I know my friends. Yeah. So combo. So, so we do the combo yes, platter exactly. and I'm like, dig a little deeper under all those mismatched mm-hmm. socks are some mismatched feet. Yes. Oh and yes. I loved that. <laughs> oh, now I remember. But then I'm like, I wonder if that felt good or did it feel like I was shitting on you? No, it's good. I I had a joke one time because I I had a roommate who was a Sandy Hook denier and it was really tough. And I was like, Sandy Hook, that's what I call my foot. But um, (laughs) but then I was like, I don't like I don't like when people deny people's trauma because people say to me all the time, oh, you're not that disabled. And that's like denying my stuff. And it's like when people do that, that's like my my 9-11 and uh, I say that because my right foot's a nine and my left is an 11, <laughs> which is an old, very stupid joke that never worked. But you laughed. Thank you. I, I like it because. You but know it reminded me of that. Some of my, that. I want to say this. Some of my favorite jokes, and I've said this before, some of my favorite jokes that I get on a subconscious level that I don't even know why that's so funny, mm-hmm. but I know I love it. Yeah. Like your foot is a nine. And I went to three different places, like spinal tap, like one higher on the 11 yeah. foot. You t- yeah. Oh, wow. You really cranked it up on that one. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I just, I love jokes that dance in my subconscious and tickle my subconscious. And I don't always even know why. why. I love, love that. Yeah. So what I, let's get to, I was thinking, okay, thank you so much mm-hmm. for being here. Cause I have been stuck on this project in my family where we're not allowed to speak our truth and I am, I've been frozen for mm-hmm. two years, but also f- I'm trying to trust my path. Mm-hmm. Thank you for helping me. I feel like I, we have this relationship where we kind of help each other Absolutely. birth our projects. Absolutely. And I love it so I much. I do too. Thank okay. you. All right. So this idea is how I want you to show people a bit. So we're going to play a bit of Christie's mm-hmm. that actually comes out of some deep, dark pain. Yes. But you, I don't know if people, um, I don't know if people can hear it. Uh, they don't know it. That's okay. Um, but yeah, that's the beauty of comedy is like you touch on it and then it doesn't have to, you don't have to like go so deep as to like get into the deep, like the deep tissue massage of it, like to touch on it and still get your point across. So um, this particular joke that we've discussed, uh, I I have been working on this joke since 2013, and um, in all reality, my entire life, if you, <laughs> if you and, want. And just but, for reference, right now it's 2023, because this will be playing into infinity. So this is 2023, sure. 10 years that you've been actively working on this joke. Yes. Yep. And uh, I, th- I don't even know exactly why. I think mostly I just wasn't a good enough comic yet to make it work, because the subject uh, was painful. And you have to be more 
you just have to have a higher skill level to like make it still hit like with the audience. So um, the joke is about um, uh, how the premise is parents should not force their dumb hobbies on their kids. If you have a dumb hobby, keep it to yourself. Okay. And, uh, and they're my parents dumb hobby was roller skating. All right. Yes. And Christy, for the listener who may or may not know you, uh, why is that hilarious? <laughs> How does that work? Sure. Um, so I have cerebral palsy. It's uh, it is uh, relatively mild as far as cerebral palsy goes, but like I have terrible balance. I my hip carriage has horrible motor control, um, and it and my feet are also extremely small. So like just like logistically standing, staying, keeping balance without wheels is hard so adding wheel eight wheel just like put her on wheel like the way I say it in the joke is um uh I've I've been uh soggy green beans below the waist this entire time and they're still like put her on wheels like <laughs> okay let's play the clip right now and let everyone hear how it goes originally I'm sorry if I didn't say soggy green beans in the version I give you guys because sometimes I say it sometimes I don't but if I don't have it now you guys have a special extra treat enjoy I think it's really fucked up for parents to force their dumb hobbies on their kids. I think it's even more fucked up um, when uh, the parent's hobby that they love is roller skating and the kid has cerebral palsy. <laughs> My legs have been chewed up Twizzlers below the knee this entire time. They were still like, put her on wheels. Like, they really... And I, I do feel bad for my parents because, like, I cannot understand how much they loved roller skating, you guys. Like, my mom was a roller skating waitress when they met in 1976. My dad was one of the skate supervisors at the rink with the whistle and the polo shirt and the mullet, you know? He's like, boop, boop, get off the rink, Richard. You're alone. It's couple skate. Like, that was my dad, just a skate cop, you know? Just a, just a, <laughs> just a police force with the smallest jurisdiction, okay? <laughs> If there was a fight over at the concession stand, he's like, don't bother me, it's not my precinct. Like, that was him. Uh, and I, uh, I feel bad they loved it so much, but I gotta tell you, I do not think I would like roller skating even if I was not disabled, okay? Because it's not even like a skill you can learn with any privacy or dignity, you know? They put those loud-ass Fisher-Price roller skates on your feet, and it's just like... <laughs> Everybody's just like, what's that noise? Is that construction? What is that? And they're like, oh, no, 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 that's just Christy trying to get her dad to love her. Uh, <laughs> that's that sound. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I can still hear my dad yelling, you gotta learn to roller skate. You gotta learn. You got That's not a true sentence. Nobody's got to learn to roller skate. Okay? It's not a life or death situation skill. Nobody's ever been in the middle of a house fire just like, better get my skates on. That's never happened once. Okay? And I can still hear my dad yelling, you gotta learn to roller skate. You gotta learn. You gotta learn. That is not what he meant, okay? Now that I've looked back on it, I realize uh, when my dad was saying, you gotta learn to roller skate, what he actually meant was, if you don't learn to roller skate, your mom's gonna leave me. <laughs> and she did, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm hearing. So sometimes uh, you're just backwards skating away from each other. Sometimes uh, your, your daughter is right behind you giving you a push, okay? Uh, I'm here to tell you that sometimes uh, the divorce is the kid's fault. And sometimes I've been planning it this entire fucking time, okay? You are adult people still roller skating. You need to grow as people, okay? Boop, boop, motherfuckers, get off the rink. It's couple skate. You're alone, okay? I am not, I have no problem with it. It's probably their fault I'm disabled in the first place, you guys. Uh, you can only backwards skate so many times to the danger zone before you jostle the fetus too much, okay? 
If you force your dumb fucking hobbies on me, I will end your marriage. That's what I'm trying to say. Fuck roller skating. Come to my next show. Uh, you can hear my bit called Fuck Soccer. Um, All right. That was the bit, everybody. Woo. Yes. All right. Thank I love you. it. I love it. Hilarious. So Hilarious. Uh, tell, um, tell me. So let's work. Hey. Okay. <laughs> This is the first one. Now let's make you cry. Okay, great. I'll do it. I can. I'm so good at it. Here, um, I brought tissues. I I but seriously have a new relationship uh, with a lovely person, but um, we both are people who will cry pretty easily. Aww. Like I cried on. Um, I'm sorry. I'm gonna tell this. I I don't think he cares. Whatever. But I cried on our first date to the hot chick with um, Rob Schneider. When Rob Schneider and uh, Rachel McAdams switch bodies due to like um, some voodoo magic, but uh, there is some there is a note of accepting trans uh, like trans identity in that, which that that movie is so old at this point. Like so, that was well before its time. And there's this moment at the end because her bro- her little brother likes to dress like dress up in in her in her clothes and in her heels and stuff and like they're all running to like go and he goes uh and the the little the her little brother comes running out in heels and his dad just goes if you're gonna wear them you gotta learn to walk in them and they just go and I just like immediately but that was our first date as I'm sitting there crying to a Rob hot chick Rob Schneider movie um anyway so I am good at it is what I'm saying I guess yeah yeah and and share why that made you cry um because I have had I have a I used to be in a comedy group still am we'll get we'll do a reunion someday um but with uh in a group called Pussy Bros uh with uh three other comedians Rachel uh Weeks Janae Burris and Jordan Waliba unfortunately Jordan Waliba passed away in 2015 um and she's a trans woman so yeah I was thinking in my mind I well I really felt her in that moment of she was like I love this movie because when I was younger when I saw that it was like validating that's what I and I was like I I was like oh I know and I just know that she saw that movie I like knew it and that just was Mm. what made me cry I just want you to know I have goosebumps all over right now so Jordan thank you for joining us yes thank you Jordan definitely one of my spirit guides so Mm-hmm. beautiful and check out jordan's album estro gentrification it's on um what is the thing the soundcloud soundcloud estra estro gentrification gentrification mm-hmm. by jordan waliba yeah so mm. so, so this back, back to, to your uh, i pain. remember now yeah i believe you might have been like uh, are you avoiding this uh no <laughs> i no uh maybe but, i don't know um can let's you, find out can you tell me what was going on? Mm-hmm. Your your parents want you to roller skate. They yeah. love roller skating. They want yeah. you to be a, to you know this is a family value. Sure. Yeah. So like, as it says in the joke, they um they met roller skating. You know, like that was the thing that they met when they were 16, 17 years old. Oh. My mom was a roller skating waitress at Sonic, and my dad was like this. He worked at Skate City. He played roller hockey. They loved it, and I think that. They were young, and it was also military, and so that causes people to rush into marriage, into things, you know, for a lot of reasons. But that was the place where, like, that they could go and, like, be together and or, like, you know, meet each other back 
as silly as a roller skating rink might seem, but when I can't do it and we can no longer like we can't, there's not a dream of us like doing that as a family, uh, then that, that I just really felt the pressure. Yeah. Like, How when, old were you? Oh, well, my parents didn't. My parents got a divorce by the time I was five. They separated when I was five and divorced by the time I was six. So this would have been, so you would have been as young as? Yeah. Three or um, four? Yeah, like it was young. Yeah, and and it probably was after a little bit too, but um, that one of the only videos I know my grandma has of my parents together is them roller skating at my sister's like birthday party and something. And it's probably like one of the only images I have of them like, being in love or touching in a nice way your or sister's like older that. than you. yeah my sister's older so so something from maybe around age four mm-hmm. oh wow mm-hmm. so those so, are really the, almost the first memories we have they say you know three sure. or four years old is sure i mean some people say that you know they they have other i mean i'm starting to have memories from infancy but that's just with the help of MDMA, yeah. which yeah. may or may not have really happened since it is illegal yeah, it's a yeah neither one of us have done that mdma um, several times therapy it's just all like you know we've looked into it heavily and you know maybe we should just say uh yeah. we've yeah yeah okay have. we've i'm fine you can take this out later but i have yeah psychedelic therapy mm-hmm. is amazing it's the truth y'all it's the truth okay so back christy let's go to your four so, years old yeah in your little four-year bo- old so, body one thing this happened recently I was on stage and I was running the joke I was at my friend Jesse's birthday party uh and we were in her backyard just doing a backyard show so maybe that's why I was maybe like a little less just like sort of play with the jokes because this is a low pressure situation surrounded by love or whatever and I I I have the line in there that's just like um, I can still remember my dad yelling, 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 you gotta learn to roller skate, you gotta learn to roller skate, you gotta learn to roller skate. Uh, and it was just like, or like, you're not doing it. Like, and my, and, uh, and I said on stage, I said on stage, I said, I just wanted the yelling to stop. Aww. And then I go, oh, I've never said that before. That got real for oh, a second. And you I just, that right. you just touched yeah, your stomach. I did, I did it on stage. I remember going, oh, oh. that line wasn't the funny part. <laughs> But it's like a kick in the stomach, yeah. right? Like, oh, it was that, right? You were being told, yeah, you're not okay if you mm-hmm. you don't belong in this family, or we don't feel yeah. okay. We're not okay if yeah. you don't roller skate. Yeah. We are not going to be okay if you don't roller skate. Right, very much so, very much so. Or like, yeah, or that you're taking something from them because if if you don't figure this out. And so if it like without knowing it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. You're even rubbing your forehead right now. Yeah. Like I can feel that. That's where you feel that. That's like a mm-hmm. pressure. You're like, Oh yeah. Uh, oh, okay. And you're just like, I don't want, like, this isn't fun. Even if I figure it out, I don't feel like in my body I could ever feel. It's the same thing as like, I learned to ride a bike eventually it took me a very long time. I was maybe in fifth grade. So pretty late, but like I did, but even now it's like, I can do it, but I don't feel safe stopping quickly if I need to or anything like, yeah. so it's just like, yeah, I could learn things, but like, is it really safe for me to be pushing to do these things? And that was never, and I felt like I knew in my body, like this isn't safe. Even if I do figure it out, like stop, please stop, you know? Um, so you had to make yourself unsafe to help your dad feel safe yeah or to help your dad feel mm-hmm. like things are okay you had to put your 
body, your safety yeah. on the line for yeah. them. And when you're forward, you don't know how to advocate for yourself in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I think just like to dig deeper, I mean, I, um, this joke is sort of the cartoonish way to like make fun of this dynamic. Um, and I even say in the bit, you know, what I'm here to tell you is sometimes the divorce is the kid's fault, uh, <laughs> which is like another thing say, that you dissipate is the divorce because sure. you probably took that on. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way to dissipate yeah. the energy of that. Well, I could definitely feel it was a rift. I knew that the disability and and I feel for all parents who have to take care of special needs kids, it puts a stress on your relationship that I could not imagine. However, my parents were not good at not at at keeping that boundary of like keeping it between them that it was a strain like they very much let me know that it was a strain and did not hide that from me that it was causing strain yeah and you know what came to me is like I I've watched my siblings and a lot of people that I'm close to when we have toddlers have special needs let me just say Mm -hmm. a a regular old typical run-of-the-mill toddler high needs and especially anyway all I'm saying is like a a lot of people almost get divorced when they have a baby when they have Mm -hmm. things that they're and I will say this I feel like part of it is that they're not accepting like we don't know what we're getting into when we have kids first of all I'm going to say that full full transparency right you do not even understand the agreement you made however I want to go to the thing about with with your situation where there was a part of them that did not accept you and no. that created, they created their they, own tension. They, they escalated the tension by not accepting yeah. or even asking you, who are you, Christy? Tell us about you. Oh, I'm still waiting for them to ask that question all the time. Uh, that would be so lovely. Uh, <laughs> uh, who are you? Um, but like, I've, yeah, wow. Um, that would be nice. I think that some, I think at times they've gotten better at it, um, but it's not. Uh, I think that there's still a lot of attachment to who they thought I would be. Yeah. Before I got here. Let's go back to your your experience with, uh, you know, uh, that particular roller skating experience. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Tell me more about the feelings in your, you know, like the trauma of it. The like, what is the? I, I hear you say it was like, oh, yeah, I so have to. I'm unsafe. Mm-hmm. I'm unsafe. I feel pressured to be something. Um, is there another internal dialogue going on there? Is there another body memory that the you can share? That I, um, the thing that I uh, remember um, the most is probably just f- like being frustrated that I didn't have the language that an adult person has to be like, I can't because I think I would say I can't and then my dad would be like don't like don't say that you know it's a very like I can't if you say you can't then you can't but like but that when you're four that's all you can say is like I can't I didn't have a way of saying like it doesn't feel safe I or like even if I do this it doesn't it's so it's so much mental work for me to even like walk on a ground that's uneven you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like uh-huh. even like going on a little hike that's very easy. I have to go with somebody I really trust that I know can be patient. And I am looking down. I'm uh, they walk ahead of me. I watch their feet traverse everything because it gives my brain knowledge on how to step over or where to look. But the how much slower it is for me to go, OK, left foot here, right foot here. The mental energy that that requires is so much 
that it's like even if I figured it out I wouldn't enjoy it the same way that everyone else does I also think that I have like HSP stuff tied to my cerebral palsy where lights are brighter sounds are louder emotions feel a lot bigger in a lot of ways HSP is a highly sensitive person thank you Christy I am interrupting this broadcast just for a second because I knew it stood for highly sensitive person but I have to be honest I've heard of this I haven't really researched it and so I am reading off the computer right now so there are three categories of highly sensitive people, and I'm going to put a link to this Psychology Today article that I'm referencing, and you can do your own Google searches. It looks, I can't believe this has been, this is giving me so many insights into myself reading about highly sensitive people. There's category one, sensitivity about oneself, and there are several traits of that listed. Uh, sensitivity about oneself often has difficulty letting go of negative thoughts and emotions. Category two, sensitivity about others. And there's several traits about that, like often thinks, worries about what others are thinking is the number one. Tends to take things personally, finds it difficult when triggered by relatively small unpleasantnesses with people to just let it go. Oh my gosh, this is, oh, I hate how much this is me. Feels hurt easily. Yes, I do. Category three is sensitivity about one's environment. So I think that's what Chrissy was referencing about when too many things are occurring simultaneously. Feels uncomfortable when exposed to bright lights, loud sounds, or certain strong scents. Oh my gosh, I can't even walk down the laundry aisle. I don't know about you. But, um, oh my goodness. Thank you for sharing HSP, highly sensitive person. Thank you. I learn so much each time. This is why I love doing this. I, this is why I'm doing traumedy. It's not, I'm not here to teach as much as learn, I think. But I'm hoping you're learning along with me. And it's peer-to-peer -peer sharing. It is collaborative learning. And we're just exploring how is every, how do we, here's how we're dealing with stuff. How are you dealing with stuff? And I would love to get your feedback. Please message me on traumedy, the Facebook page and Messenger or um I know I need to set up a website. Okay, I got to do that. But right now I have my own website, nancynorton.tv, and you can email me through that website. Thank you so much. Okay, back to Christy talking about roller skating with lots of stimuli as a highly sensitive person. And uh, I think that, like, so even learning in that environment when, like, a DJ is just like, you know, everybody dance now. And you're like, I yeah. can't. Like, it's not. And then there's, like, strobe lights. You're like, this yeah. is not. Even if I wanted to learn yeah. this. Yeah, you stop, drop, I, and roll into yeah, the fetal I position. Can't. Exactly. There's, I can't. This there, isn't even the environment. If I even wanted a fighting chance, uh, this is not the environment I could even do. Yeah. I but they didn't know about that back then. Yeah. I do recognize that. But it was still was just like. But and it again, is, who this isn't are a, you? But I want to say, they yeah, didn't ask that. they didn't ask that. But also, again, it's so tricky not to, well, the whole world is trying to tell us who we are sometimes. Sure. But man, so many things came up there. I always, I was picturing walking on a tightrope and like, look at the view. Are you kidding me, motherfucker? Yeah. I'm trying to stay alive. Exactly. I'm trying to stay alive exactly. right now. And you want me to have fun? I remember, yeah. I and remember I'm going on a hike around Monarch Lake with my with my best friend, Bridget. Shout out, Bridget. You're great. Um, but she, the it was one spring and the flowers were like amazing like amazing and she just kept being like oh my god wow like I've never 
seeing these like this and I'm like looking, I can't look, I can't do the, do it in the same way. I have to look down on the ground. Where is my foot stepping? Like it's so much more mental energy. And I've also talked about this just in pain management in general. Like I get this feedback a lot. And I was talking to another friend of mine who's in chronic pain recently too, is that we get feedback that we look mean or we look like we didn't say hi, we didn't smile. And it's like, no motherfucker, I hurt. I am just going, okay, step, 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 step to the bathroom today because that's how it feels. And everyone's like, oh, you're not nice. It's like, whoa. And your brain can only download so much. But also Christy, when you make a, how are we doing on our time? We're 12.56. Okay, so we have to pause. But I just, on this one note, I just want to say, I know for a fact that grimacing, like when your face makes a grimace, like Mm -hmm. a furrowed brow and a grimace, it actually releases some endogenous morphine, which is a Mm painkiller. So if your face might actually say something that's like, looking very serious right but that's your you're focusing you're trying right. to do pain management and it, maybe it's not maybe it is but i'm just saying even if it's just i the think mental it might even be like yeah it's, oh. even if it's just like i look i'm just trying to focus mm-hmm. on getting to this bathroom right now without like mm-hmm. it, you know maybe you're trying not to limp maybe you're trying to i mean no, there's yeah, a lot like, of, there's shit a lot of people around i don't want to trip i don't want to yeah. like there's just a lot of things you're thinking about that nobody realizes like i'm like that we are thinking and it I'm I'm personally excited if you want to talk about how this is a superpower this is terrible however I have started have friends who like we all like that is the truth we're all you're all gonna be in more pain one day and have less mobility and um people come across those issues and they have to like deal with it for the first time and I just feel so ahead of the game like you know what I mean yeah I'm like oh yeah you're gonna have to process that that's rough (laughs) I've been welcome to my world you know like that's but and I love being able to like be a sounding board and help people process that stuff and that is lovely but it's also like man I've no, I'm not gonna have that same like harsh reality of like oh I'm getting older and I'm not gonna be able to do the things I used to do at the same level that a lot of able-bodied people are which that's the identity crisis yeah that's the silver lining okay all right we're gonna put a pause now we're back um yeah welcome back uh we took a little break for our sponsor (laughs) Who's our sponsor? Pain. It, sponsor our sponsor by, is Pain. Thank spo- you so much. Thank Pain. you. Pa- yes, let's do have gratitude. Shout out to Pain. Shout out to Pain. You, you know, I was just love your work. <laughs> you're such a teacher. Wow, what a great teacher Pain is. I would prefer to teach in a different, learn in a different way, but we okay. all have a style. Throw it up. You know, I I I was just saying this to a friend. Yes, I've had an Ivy League education from suffering mm-hmm. and now I'm asking to learn in a different way yeah and that's okay that is okay all right you we were talking oh. about what were we talking yeah, about yeah you were talking about how you felt like your um I sort of served as a filter to oh, like right. keep shitty people away <laughs> and I have said that myself as well as like I actually rarely and only in elementary school do you not does it not have its power but as soon as social norms and people's shame kick in around the age of eight, nine. It, that goes away. And then at that point, it is just this really nice thing that, like, I actually don't ever converse or interact with the world's shittiest people 
because they are so um, scared, terrified, repulsed by my differently moving body that we actually don't ever have to run into each other. So that part is kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. The, the one more uh, silver lining, or as I like to say, every clown has a silly lining. <laughs> um, okay. No, I will never say it again. Okay, no, I probably will. You said you lo- do you actually say that or were I, you just Well, was I was writing a book at one time that every cloud has a silly lining and I say this in my dry bar comedy special mm-hmm. that and then this person messaged me and goes, "I love your line, every clown has a silly lining." And I'm like, "Damn, I wish that was my <laughs> line." <laughs> Everybody's funnier uh, than me, Christy. I have to live with it. I you know what though? And it's okay. I think it works both ways. It's it, fine. It is fine. We can. They all, heard what they needed to hear. Yeah, but it was a good. I love people give. I have to that, say, I do love lines people give me, right. and I appreciate it. That is I'm, something I'll I take it. I learned from storytelling. Um, I believe. I mean, I believe I learned this from Matthew Dick's story, where the sh- book about moth style storytelling. But he's like, you cannot control what they take from your story. <gasps> That's so powerful, and that goes back to that what you were just saying about the joke about my Mm -hmm. dead ancestors Mm -hmm. catching on fire and lighting up the room. Right. (laughs) Which really, I'm starting to get it. And it's like, (laughs) no, I'm starting. You don't ever have to. No, no, listen. But that you let go. Like, I love, this is what you have. And some of you, uh, some of my other favorite comedians, Tig Notaro and Sarah Silverman, who you're opening for tonight. Um, yes. Which, no, you know, people hear this years later, but still. It sold out even if you heard it <laughs> before, so you can't. But so. they, what I used to say about Tig, you know, was that she embraces the awkward. And mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, I wish. Like, there's a part of me that wants to comfort people with my humor. Mm-hmm. And you are willing to discomfort people with your humor. And I admire it and I'm jealous of it. I'm jealous of it. Yeah. Not that you're trying to do that, but... Or maybe yeah, you are, I, no, I feel like I actually don't have a great litmus for it. Like I don't. So I did grow up with my dad who did not require me to have a filter ever. I remember I got I got sent home for suspension in fifth grade for saying fuck. And he was like, congratulations. That's your first write up. But I've never had. Like we have an opposite problem where no, but somebody never taught me to be like you were, they were like, don't speak. I'm overly responsible. Uh, Yeah. I'm responsible for you. Whereas my dad never said, don't say that. And now I do not know what is appropriate. And you really, the time that's interesting. You know, and did you read Sarah Silverman's book by chance? I did not. I believe. God, I got to read it by tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Hurry, (laughs) hurry. Download it on Audible. Uh Drive up. Three times uh, On the way. Well, what what I got, like, it made sense. Her dad was similar. He just, he actually invited her to say these really awkward, weird things uh, in front of people. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, wow. And I remember Tig telling me that her mom said, and I don't know if she told me personally, I think she has well, she did tell me personally, but she may have said it publicly. But she's just like, my mom said, hey, if they don't like it, they can go to hell. And I just thought, wow, I can't mm-hmm. imagine. I wish. I'm like, wow. But, you know, we are what we are. This is my path. My mom was like, you it, you are responsible for making everyone feel good. Like, you you better not make anyone feel bad. Like, I used to point out things that were just obvious. In fact, well, yeah, when I was three years old, we'd drive into a cousin's house who was morbidly obese. She was an elder, like mm-hmm. the age of my grandma. 
And my mom knew me. I was three years old. I don't know. They told me this story that I did this. And so to prepare me, she said, Nancy, whatever you do, don't say anything about Fern's weight. Don't. Because that will hurt her feelings. And I was like, okay, I won't. And then she said, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And then I looked Fern up and down. This is the story. I looked her up and down and I said, well, at least your lips are thin. <laughs> well, at least your lips are thin. That's how yeah. I said it. So I have like, I mean, I have beat, it has gotten me in trouble for that reason. Um, I remember one time as a kid, I, I mean, I just didn't know about like uh, dyslexia or whatever. And I remember one time we were all playing Pictionary or something. And this guy kept going aside and being like making sure he knew what was on the card. Oh, yeah. But I didn't. And I said, what? You can't read? Oh, yeah. In front of everybody. And everybody was like, shut up. Uh, and I was like, oh, God, I was so embarrassed because I just didn't know. Whereas I wish somebody had been like, hey, like this dude like might have troubles because this is what's going on. But nobody said it. And then I was so embarrassed. Like, I was so embarrassed. Well, and especially I have felt that pain of somebody being like, or a kid or somebody being like, why'd you hurt your, I mean, it didn't even happen that long ago. At, at, I was at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I hadn't been at the gym that I was, or I hadn't been practiced with that teacher. And I'm walking onto the mat to go uh, roll. And he goes, why'd you hurt your foot? It's real loud through the whole gym. And I was just like, and I, I was like, oh. And I suck. And then I was so embarrassed, half for him, half, like, I couldn't decide if I felt embarrassed for him or me. But either way, like, I hated that my disability caused embarrassment just around. And then I couldn't focus. I was horrible that day. Just got my ass handed to me. And then I just had to go to the bathroom and cry as soon as class was over because I just was like, God damn it. Like. At this, it, it, it's amazing, isn't it, Christy? How it can still right. hurt. It can still yeah. hurt. And I mean, like we were just talking about my lazy eye or whatever. And shoot, uh, mm -hmm. reading. It's when you're not. No, but like ready. I'm doing a joke about my own reading disability right now because I do have a, I've never been diagnosed with dyslexia, but I know there's something wrong. I always said there's something wrong with my reader, especially if I'm anxious. And I used to do radio shows. Uh, when you tour, you know, back in the 90s, you'd get on the morning, talk radio, and let's, hey, read the weather. And they'd hand me something. I'm like, uh, no, I right. am not going right. to do that because I do not have fluency when I'm anxious, especially. Yeah. I hate that. especially Or people yeah. want to hire me to I, MC yeah. a big a big corporate event, and I'm supposed to read all these. They give you these full-page mm -hmm. introductions, and I'm just like, dear God, help me read this. Yeah. I have uh, been doing some jokes about my own. And I right. did have a teacher in fourth grade when we were doing a play and we were doing, we were reading our parts and I was stuttering and trying to read it. And she yanked it out of my hands and said, give this to someone who can read. Oh, I, I just sat there and tried yeah. not to let them know I was crying. Yeah. I just put my head down. Well, and, was like, and I think that's why we do comedy is because, um, at least for me, but I think a lot of comics, it's because you uh, do want to be able to control, like so. The way the reason it hurt at jujitsu or whenever it hurts is because when you're not ready and you don't, it, you weren't prepared to think about that right now. You were right? blindsided. I was a little blindsided, and so. But in stand up, like you hold the mic 
you're giving the illusion of a conversation if you're doing it well, they don't realize they never really got to talk and you got to control the narrative. This happened even last night. It wasn't like huge. However, um, like my, uh, my partner had, I don't know if he looked it up and or, or just came across it, but he learned something about cerebral palsy, which is like, what a nice thing for him to even just be curious and want to know more like how lovely and then also to like want however in the moment I was like trying to feel like attractive and like you know feel like sexy you know yeah and and then he brought it up and I was kind of like I wasn't wanting to think about that right now and I could feel him I could feel myself getting defensive about him just showing like pure curiosity (laughs) and kindness towards it. And then I was just like, you, I'm an asshole. Like, but I could feel myself going like, I was trying to just be a hot girlfriend right now. I don't want to talk about my stupid hips or whatever. You know, like I don't, you know, I just felt it inside. So it's more, but did you feel reduced? Like, I feel like, is it a reduction feeling? I love this concept that you're talking about. We want to control the narrative. That makes so much sense to me. Mm-hmm. And because, well, like I said, I keep going back to things that I didn't even know I did. My sister has told me, like, when I was three or four years old, probably three, because I don't remember it, because I would head him off at the pass. I would introduce, I would ha- I say, hi, I'm Nancy. I'm cross-eyed. Because mm-hmm. I was, bo- you know, supposedly born cross-eyed. <laughs> we don't yeah. know. Or did it happen later <gasps> from a drama? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's for my MDMA therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But so, Okay. So we don't so we don't want people to tell us about our shortcoming or right. our differences or right. our you're not okayness. You're- I don't even mind if they are they do want to. It's more about when it surprises me and I'm not emotionally in that headspace, right? Yeah. Like it well, reminds me of when I could like the days that I get all I remember this one day was my very first day at a job. I did my hair so nice. I was wearing a dress, which I don't usually do. And I was feeling like, yes, here we go. We're starting a job. I'm walking in. I trip on the sidewalk. I skin my knees. And so all the work I did doesn't matter. I'm walking in with neat blood running down my knees in front of everybody. Brand new day. Right. And it was just like, damn it. It's like, no matter what I do, I have to be disabled. Yeah. And I don't want to do it. I don't want to be that right now so mentally, so in the moment I was like I just want to be a girlfriend I don't want to be a woman with a disability right now I was trying to you know like transcend it I was trying to like kiss on my boyfriend and feel you know attractive and good and it just felt like oh man why'd you have to remind me that right <laughs> now yeah because again I'm going to go back to the feeling of a, a reduction because if we feel like a whole equal person and we and we transcend whatever those, and I believe in my experience, it would be a feeling for me of less thanness, mm-hmm. uh, or for sure differentness. But I think I felt less than, yeah. and so to me, it's it feels like a blindsided reduction feeling. Like, oh, you're the person with the lazy eye. You're the right. person with cerebral palsy. Right. Um, but does he, that make sense? Yeah, but he was the one, like, kind of like it he was. It was tr- a sweet moment. He wasn't. It was me. That was my shit. I, thinking, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That's what, exactly what I'm saying. No, we're not talking about like no. His. I think I'm just saying that not because of what you're saying, but because in case he listens, I don't <laughs> like uh, you're yeah. the you're no, so sweet. Eh? It was you're out of love, like wanting to know the whole you. And to him, having cerebral palsy is not a less than thing, right? And that, but to us, whatever happened when as we started processing and people mm-hmm. told us, 
Like, and it, usually it's mean kids, honestly. Yeah, or it's your parents saying, <laughs> if you can't roller skate, here we go. It's not like it's going to ruin this family. Uh, if you can't roller skate, it's going to, it's like makes our lives worse. Christy. Uh, yeah. That is a real feeling. But also, can I just say, yeah, they were 27 years old, 26, 27. Get some new hobbies. It's awkward, actually, now that you are still rolling. This is for 13-year-olds. <laughs> they, were, they were clinging to the past mm-hmm. and clinging to a false reality about you. Yes. And there's That's a theme I've noticed sharing time with you. Like, there's a disingenuousness or an, a lack of authentic, like, I don't know. I'm not saying that that's a lack of authenticity to still roller skate at 27. I think there's something it's, sweet about it. There is something but, sweet. There was a... um. There was, I do think there was a lack of growth just as people, though. <laughs> okay. And they needed it. They needed the divorce. Yeah. They needed the daughter. They needed the disability. They needed it. But I'm a gift. You are a gift. <laughs> you are a gift. And that's 100% true. I, but what I witnessed just now, though, as you dropped into the pain of like, ugh, the, you know, the cause of the breakup uh-huh. or the not enoughness or the it's not going to be okay, you did the little traumedy thing where you jumped over and go like, okay, you know, like let's make fun of them for a second. You know, that's another way of kind of yeah. getting out of your yeah overwhelmed well, being overwhelmed like, with the back sense. of it. Like as a kid, I think it felt like it was all me. As an adult, now I'm realizing like, oh, it's not that is. I might have given them the last push they needed. They had so much more going on. That had nothing to do with me, yeah. you know, and I don't need to carry that. But you did internalize that, mm-hmm. and that is painful. Yeah. And now you're getting rid of that pain. I'm S- working on it. Swirling it. Literally, well, that's another thing. Like, uh, as you know, I recently did a one-woman show, um, and I do actually, I'm still working on rewrites and running it again, and I think I am opening with the roller skate. It's going to open with the roller skate bit on screen, me in front of a live audience. Because I referenced roller skating throughout the end of it. Um, but because uh, that, that shows exactly like the cartooned version of the deeper pain up top um, of the show. But uh, And that'll allow us to go deeper with right. you because we'll, uh, we'll know we have this resource. Right. That's what I keep saying about people who don't have the courage to do their work. I'm, I'm, I'll, I, I don't, I'm, you know, just pardon me for just a second. It is... A lack of resource. So you're mm-hmm. going to give them a resource up front. Is the video, is it video of you roller skating? No, no, no. The video is of the roller skating bit, the, the actual oh, joke. the actual bit will be a lot. Okay. It'll just open I with I didn't know that. if you had some old video of you at four years old roller I mean, skating. I might have it, but. Okay. Just I mean, I have, I definitely know it exists of my parents, ro- like roller skating. I don't know if I'm on there at all, but you, as you know, when I was running that show, going through that trauma about a, two weeks out from the show running it the first time, I got this pain in my feet that I have yes. never experienced. And it had no real, like, real cause that I could, you know, I didn't, like, strain it walking or at any. It was just literally, like, I walked, started walking in a class, like, one night when I went to go teach, and I, it just started hurting. And it was... T- up until the day after the sh- like once I did the show and I expressed it like a lot of my pain and trauma it was like gone it literally felt like my the pain the trauma was like 
leaving my body through my bones and my skin in my ankles. I want to give this some space. Be with that for a minute. I am having goosebumps. This is my sign from my higher self, from my spirit guides, like this is real. Mm -hmm. And I just want people to hear that. That's real. Mm -hmm. That's real. We are internalizing. And that book, The Body Keeps the Score, comes to mind. And that would be something I would definitely reference on this episode because, man, I really believe that. That if you express that and... My trauma therapist has said the same thing. Again, she always cites anecdotal evidence. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i doing some research right now on trauma and the body, but, man, that makes so much it sense, is, Christy. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, wow. and I've read a large portion of Body Keeps the Score. I don't want to <laughs> act like I've – it's a very long book. But uh, about half of it I've listened. And, yeah, that was the most um, tangible evidence that I have that you don't realize – the pain that your body is like the trauma that your body is storing. And I don't know, like this is my form, my way of expressing grief, which is to get on stage, which is to do, to write and to perform. Everyone else has their own medium, but, but I've never experienced anything like that. Um, that was literal physical. Like you saw me a week before I could hardly walk the one day. Yeah. And we were doing dress rehearsal, and I was like, oh, wow. Um, hmm. This got real. Like, yeah, so. And, it, and I remember saying something like, let it talk. Like, what does it have to say? Yeah, and you it added a whole section to the show because of that reason. Oh, so it yeah. actually did get to add yeah. a more thorough expression. Yeah. This is beautiful. And I want to say, I'm so, I get so excited about, I get excited about healing because I am a former nurse and there is something in my psyche. And when I have done this deeper psychedelic work, what is my authentic self and my authentic self is a helper. And I do want to help people. I want to help people. And I know they have to help themselves like you did. And anybody listening, like there might be a lot of expressions. It might be different. It might be comedy. One, this is one angle we want you to consider. If you can laugh at it or you can let it out in a way that's so exaggerated that makes you laugh. Or yeah. it might be a painting. It might be just talking. It might yeah. just be journaling with your whatever it is, what, whatever your your illness, your pain, right. your trauma. Have a conversation with mm-hmm. it and see what else it has to say. Go ahead. What and I'm you? certainly not saying like don't seek medical attention by any means. But if you are, if you grew up special needs or with anything like that, there is a chance that you probably do have hospital medical trauma. Um, and for me, like it was so... Um, it felt so frustrating and or hopeless that like perhaps the only way to heal is even the physical body. The only way to heal the physical body is to go to the hospital to have somebody cut you open, to have to have them pour medicine, like to, you know, give you pills. Like if like it's so freeing that there's actually some healing that can be done actually in your body that does not require somebody with a stethoscope to touch you. Yeah. And I love, like that gives me so much more hope. And self-empowerment. Yep. Self-empowerment. And I, boy, I don't want to get preachy, but I do believe in the higher self, the higher power. Hey, call on, calling, calling all angels, you know, like call it all in. And I, I don't know, I don't know where creativity comes from, but I feel like it comes from some sort of higher source. But yeah, definitely express. This is like, I was trying to think of the difference between express and the opposite word is impress. 
And but if if it's making an impression on your body, mm-hmm. like it go, it's going internal, and mm. it's, and then it, but if you let it out and it expresses that energy, I also like to move. I do just a lot of movement, dancing, mm. or even just what you know, yeah. walking. You know, if but of course, if you can't walk very, you know, like you have a lot of pain with mm-hmm. walking, it's not fun for you. How do you yeah. do you express it physically? I mean, jujitsu has been really good. Yoga has always been very good for me. Um, massage can be like that's passive. You don't have to do that. But yin yoga, if you have mobility issues and or pain issues, that's all about connective tissue and your joints and stuff. Okay, and that's where you lean and open it up into those places where you hold trauma, and it's very gentle, like. It's very gentle, oh. so I can't. I want to look up and read about that. Yin yoga. Yin. Is it Y-I-N? Mm-hmm. Yin yep. yoga. Like, so regular yoga is building strength within your muscles, but yin helps you lay in these poses that actually help the connective tissue around your joints and stuff. I want to look that up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, getting in water is also nice uh, as far as, like, if you can't do weight-bearing things. I'm, yep. I yeah. mean, there's just so many angles with this. I, right. But we want to go with, for this particular podcast the mm-hmm. comedy thank you yeah. for your comedy i love uh, that you you know help me not take myself so seriously i have a problem with taking myself so seriously i mean if that's just who you are it's okay <laughs> there's no problem it's just who you are thank you chrissy mm-hmm. yeah i don't want to i don't always want to like yes comedy but i love the truth below jokes um, I love the authentic connection. Yes. So yeah, we don't have to always. We, all, we, we, we gloss over that part so much in our job because no matter what this topic is, you have to land on a punchline and that can sometimes, um, uh, cheapen your experience. I've, I've felt very like, um, I've felt very, uh, limited by that, you know, however, there's people who don't do that. Like it's two sides of a coin. There's two, there's people who don't have a sense of humor about it at all and they need that. So yeah. it can go either way. That's why you push the two words together, traumedy. That's it. Yeah, it's mixing the light with the dark. I, I wouldn't want to give, I don't want to give up. I, I had a girlfriend once who said, I just want to live in the light all the time. And I literally <laughs> felt like at that moment. When do you sleep? Yeah. I, yeah, what, yeah. What, don't we need, we need the winter. Shadow. You need the shadow. Yeah, we need, it's just, I, I, I said, I like looking at life through a comb, you know, where I move, mm. if you picture moving a comb in front of your eyes and it's light, it's light, it's dark. There's something, it, you know, there's something interesting at the, the transition between the light and the dark. That's what I'm about. Yeah. I like it. I do too. Well, thank you so much, Christy. Of course. Thanks for having me. This was great. I want to thank my guest, Christy Bukley. Thank you, Christy. You can connect with Christy at The Joke Mentor on Instagram. And I want to thank my son for helping with this music for the podcast. I want to thank my dog, Sophie, the mascot that sleeps next to me every night and I want to tell you oh look in the show notes make sure you look in the show notes learn about HSP I found it fascinating I think it's going to be very empowering there's also tools on that link to psychology today about how to deal with uh, being a highly sensitive person tune in to Tromedy every Tuesday it's a new episode Tromedy Tuesdays 
message me on my website, nancynorton.tv, or you can go to the brand new Tromedy Facebook page, T-R-O-M-E-D-Y. You already knew that if you're on the podcast. For God's sakes, you know how to spell Tromedy, T-R-O-M-E-D-Y. Send a message to us there. Let us know how we can help.